Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Hallelujah. Those are good, good words that we have a good, good Father. Aren't you glad today that God is good and that God is your Father? God can be your Father. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. You know, that's the reason that uh, phrase throughout the Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ used it as well, our Father, which art in heaven, that God is our Father. Uh, these shoes I'm wearing today, that, I mean, they're just my shoes, but they're rated for 1,000 miles. How's it looking there, Derek? How many miles do you think I got left there? Five miles, oh thanks. <laughs> well, I only got five miles, they're going back. I'm not sure when, I'm not sure how I'm going to know when I get to a thousand miles on these shoes. I assume when I wear a hole in the sole, um, I've made it to a thousand miles. If it's uh, 995 miles and they wear a hole, I'll take it back to the Nordstrom's and see what I can do. Um, but they're my, uh, they're supposed to last me a long time. Take a walk in these shoes. Let's talk this morning about walking. Walking. How many of you like to walk? Good. Yeah, you know, you really, especially when you're not able to walk, then it's really, uh, you really appreciate it. I know some of you have not been feeling well. We've had a lot of sickness and a lot of things in the last several months, and it's good to be able to just get out and walk and to enjoy, uh, enjoy our world, enjoy nature. Um, let's talk this morning about a walk. You know, there are uh, beautiful places to take walks. I like this picture. Just kind of a nice, uh, Slow incline, old cottage steps, maybe somewhere out in the mountains, maybe in England or Wales, you know, uh, maybe down by Carkey Park, who knows. Um, there's a lot of uh, wonderful places to walk. And uh, I've been in some beautiful walks in my life. I've walked in Israel. We're going to walk in Israel again this May, a uh, whole bunch of us, and uh, walk where Jesus walked and the apostles walked. And uh, we're going to walk, I've walked in Africa, I've walked in Southeast Asia, um, I've walked around Seattle, walked in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, we've walked a lot of places. Generally, though, my walking is pretty habitual. It's like, sort of like one path. <laughs> and um, Teresa and I like to walk our neighborhood. I live in the house I grew up in, and we've since we moved back here 33 years, I'm not sure how many times I've taken this walk. My walk's not quite as exotic as this. So my walk is more like this. Um, it's Finney Ridge area, and uh, we have sort of a pattern. We have a shorter route and a longer route. The longer route goes down from our house on 79th Street down to the north end of Woodland Park. Shorter route goes to about 67th Street. Uh, we walk straight down Dayton Avenue, we walk south, and then we head east up the hill to uh, Finney Ridge, and uh, we'll walk by the uh, Finney Ridge Center, you know, the old grade school. Um, we'll keep on walking, and uh, we'll make the S-turn where Finney turns into Greenwood, right? And we'll walk by Red Mill Burger, right, and Starbucks, and uh, we'll keep on walking past A1 Piano Shop, where they put all these wonderful Christmas time, all these Santa Clauses in the window, uh, the best one is Santa Claus in the bathtub with the brush that he moves like this and washes himself. Um, but he wasn't there this year. I'm not sure if he's finally got clean or what. But anyway, he was gone this year. But we, every year we look for those Santa Clauses in the window. Uh, we walk by uh, Defenders of Greenwood, 
right? The fire station, our local fire station, Defenders of Greenwood. We walk by coffee shops. The one picture there is two great coffee shops, like about 30 yards apiece. Um, you know, ice cream shops. And then we walk down to 79th Street and back home again. So that's that's our walk uh, most, most of the time. When we live so close to Green Lake, people say, oh, you walk around Green Lake all the time, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> But we're going to do that more. Anyway, that's our that's our walk. We're going to talk today about walking, and uh, we started a series from the book of Colossians. And this morning we're going to be in chapter one. We're taking a section of Colossians each week, and today we're going to talk about walking, among other things, we're taking a walk. So let's pray, Heavenly Father, as we open Your Word. We do want to pray that our hearts would be sensitive to Your Word. We've already heard Your Word this morning through the music. The worship music, the choirs, the song, the prayers that we've shared, uh, we have heard your word. We continue to look into your word now and pray your blessing upon us that we might be sensitive and not only be hearers of the word, but we might do, be doers of the word as well. To this end, we give these next few moments in Christ's uh, Savior's precious name. Amen. We've uh, started our series on Colossians. And I suggested to you from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2, we're going to keep this in front of us, the whole study, where Paul says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart. Paul tells us, here's my purpose in writing this epistle to you. And so we want to keep this in mind, that Paul says, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged in heart. I want you to be united in love. United together in love as a family of God. And we want you to know Christ. We want you to know Christ. And this is going to be our theme for this entire series. You try to memorize that, could you? Encouraged in love, united, encouraged in heart, united in love, and knowing Christ. We're going to come back to that and apply that to our lives as we consider the epistle to the Colossians. So we look at Colossians chapter 1, and let's begin today. We're going to, we're going to be looking today from verses 9 to 14. So let's, let me, let's just read it. Let me read it to you first, and then we'll come back. For this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this, we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There's so much, obviously, in this passage. You know, of course, as you can understand, we could... We could spend the whole sermon on each verse, but we're going to move through the epistle, so we're going to look at this section this morning. It begins, Paul begins in verse 9 by saying what he's been praying for these people, Paul's prayer for the Colossians. We see what he's been praying for them specifically. He talks a lot, you know, Paul talks about this all the time. I appreciated Gary's prayer this morning, uh, as, as Gary covered a lot of areas for us to pray for. And I appreciate including, you know, including those brothers and sisters around the world who who oftentimes live in very dangerous and poverty situations. All the things that we've mentioned in our prayers going on in the world, in every one of those places, there are believers who are interacting with people 
Christians. And this is important. And it's important for us to remember to pray for those uh, brothers and sisters that, that we don't even know, that we hear reports from. And Paul, as we mentioned before, Paul hasn't been to this city. Uh, we mentioned that last week, that, that Paul has not been to Colossae. And in the map here, Colossae, right here in the middle of modern-day Turkey, this is Asia Minor. Paul has been along the coast here. He's been inland over here. But he's not been to Colossae. And he has not seen most of these people face to face, but he knows them through his acquaintances, through his ministry. And he's praying for them. Look what he says, I pray for you. Since we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We have not stopped praying for you. And here's what we pray. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We want, we want God to reveal his will. We want you to know his will. You know, God's will for us. It, it's not a mystery. It's not a secret. It's not a game he plays with us. God wants us to know his will. His will is revealed to us through his scriptures, through our walk with him, through our prayers, through our friends, through others. God reveals what he wants from us. I know that so oftentimes we think in terms of the big decision. Uh, what kind of job? What kind of a career? Where shall I go to school? Who shall I marry? Should I move or shouldn't I move? These big decisions. But you know, it's the daily decisions. It's the daily decisions that as we walk in those decisions and make those decisions according to what God would have us to do, God reveals His will. You can ask brothers and sisters here. We have some here who have lived many, many years. And if you ask them to look back and you'll, and you'll find that they, God, is, God has led us all the way, as we say, as we sing together. And Paul says, I'm praying this for you. And that He'll fill you with the knowledge of His will through spiritual understanding and Wisdom. This is a big, a big prayer. This is a big, this is a big ask that Paul has for God for these Colossian believers. This is what Paul prays for them. Pray. I told you we're going to talk about walking with Christ, and as you, you may have noticed as you read this, as I read this passage from the NIV, we didn't really talk about walking with Christ. But I want you to look at verse ten once again. Paul continues his prayer. And he says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. And that in doing so, you may, you may please Him, bring pleasure to God in every way. There's an interesting word that, that Paul uses here. You know, Paul was Jewish, okay? So, of course, Hebrew was part of his vernacular as a, as a Pharisee. Paul lived in the Greek world. He was a Hellenistic Jew. He came from Tarsus, also in Asia Minor, Turkey, where I showed you on the map there. Not too far from Colossae, actually further to the east of Colossae. Paul spoke Greek. That was the common tongue. and That was the language tongue of that area. Uh, when I was talking to Gary last week about what they, when they talked in uh, the group that went down to Curacao, and they have a language there, Papimento. Um, but they also speak Spanish. As I was asking Gary about his Spanish, because he had a chance to interact with someone who came by the office, and we were talking about that. And that, and that you know, Spanish, that's, it's the trade language. It's the language of the Latin American world, even in places where there are other languages that are official. Greek was the trade language. Everybody that traveled knew Greek, especially someone like the Apostle Paul. Well, he wrote in Greek, but his Greek was heavenly influenced by Hebrew ideas and how the Hebrews used that Greek 
as well. And so Paul uses the term here that um, it's, it's the word peripateo. And I don't expect you to remember that word except that it's interesting that he uses this word peripateo, which means to walk. That's literally what it means. And when Paul says here, and as our NIV translates it, that we pray this in verse 10, that you may live a life, what he literally says in, in, in what he's writing is that you may walk. And understanding the idea is he's implying your walk of life, how you live, how you walk. And in fact, look at the, look, you'll see he uses this three times in just this short epistle. This is, Paul uses this word uh, more often than anybody in chapter 2. And in verse 6, he says, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Same word. Literally, continue to walk. To walk in Him. Chapter 3, and verse 7. Once in each chapter in this epistle that we have here. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. So there it is translated literally. Paul says, you used to walk in these ways. You used to live in these ways that you once lived, but now it is different. Now you have changed. And in chapter 4 and verse 5, Paul says again, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you walk. So Paul uses this term quite often in his epistles. And interestingly enough, this is not normal in the Greek literature. Now we have a lot of Greek literature from Bible times. That we can compare how the Bible uses it and how they use and how other writers use it. This is not normal. I've told you before when we talked about the word love. And we, we talk about agape love and we, because it's such an important word in our Christian language in the Bible, we assume that that's what they... No, that was a very unusual word in the Greek everyday world. They didn't use that word. It almost became a uniquely Christian word that the, that the, that the Bible embraces to, expl to express God's love. And likewise, in this particular case, you're not going to find this in much Greek literature that Greek authors would use this term peripateo, walk, as live. But Paul does. And the reason he does that, I think, is because from his Hebrew background, there is a Hebrew word called, that's, we just said, halak. If you study any Hebrew history or anything, there's, there's, a, there's a term called halakha which basically the rabbis used to, to explain how you take the Mosaic Law and how you apply it to your life, how you live, the halakha, how you walk, how you live with what you know, know to do. That's a common theme in the Old Testament. You read it, and especially you read the book of Joshua, that you may know to do, how to live, how to walk. And so I think this is why Paul uses this term, to walk, to talk about our manner of life. How you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I want you to have this daily experience. And most, look, look, look again at this verse in, uh, in Colossians chapter 1. Back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. We pray this, that you may live a life, you may walk worthy of the Lord and, and may please Him in every way. So Paul is asking that God would enable these people to live a walk, to walk their walk. You know, we use the term walk your talk. And you and I are walking daily with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and Paul would pray for us too, that we would walk worthy of the Lord. Think of that. To walk worthy of God. 
as his representatives in how we live our lives every day and every moment. Paul says this, he goes on to say this. He says, this walk pleasing to God is to bear fruit in good works, growing in the knowledge of God and strengthened with his power. End of verse 10. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God and being strengthened with all power. These are the characteristics of a walk with Christ. And I want you to notice that the things we talk about here, are, are, these are not things that happen overnight. These do not happen overnight. If you have a, a fruit tree or a tomato plant, now I think of some of the walks that we've taken. One of the walks, we haven't taken for a long time. We keep we to take this walk again. We used to have a, a golden retriever called Nutmeg. And uh, Nutmeg was a big dog, so he could go on, on big walks. Now we have a little dog, and uh, she goes on big walks too, but man, her legs are going like this, you know. And, uh, uh, and we used to walk from, uh, you know where, um, uh, down some, some of these that are native in the Ballard area, you know, it used to be called Arts Food Center, right? Behind Arts Food Center, uh, you can actually, there's a path behind there that goes down to Carkeek Park in the back way. It goes all the way down to the water. And we used to walk that quite often, that path with uh, Nutmeg. Uh, Phoebe has yet to experience that walk. But anyway, and as you walk down there, there's a place on the right-hand side where there is an old orchard. It actually has a name. Somebody lived there and owned this orchard. You have to go on this walk to see this orchard. It's an apple orchard and still bears fruit every year. I'm not sure how long that orchard's been there. It's been there a long, these are old trees. And they bear fruit. The Bible talks about this. What, what does Paul say in Galatians? But the what of the Spirit? The, come on, say it. What? The what? Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. All these things that, that, that God has asked that we bear. It doesn't happen overnight. Don't get discouraged with yourself. If you're not perfect, if your life is, this last week you look back and say, ah, it didn't, it didn't come out exactly what... It, 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 it happens. It takes time. It, it grows. Sometimes it grows faster than other times. But, but it takes time. But as we, walk, as we walk with Christ, as we walk daily with Him, one of the outcomes should be that we should be bearing fruit in good works. We, we have no problem. You know, we, we, we talk clearly at our church about the grace of God. That we are saved by the grace of God apart from works. For by grace are you saved, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But we are what? We are called, we are foreordained to what? Walk in those good works. We are called to live lives of good works. There should be something about your life and my life. Not perfection. But there should be something about my life and your life that does show fruit of the Holy Spirit. We should live lives. There, there should be goodness in our lives. We should be people who are kind, who are gentle, who are loving, who are patient. Not perfect. But it's normal to expect fruit from our lives. It's so wonderful to watch our young people grow up and our these little children that went out here a little while ago and we got even littler ones over there and we got nurseries. To watch them grow up. To watch them Serve. I was talking to Alex Pierce about one of our young ladies who's going to be going on a mission trip to um, the, to Paraguay this, this this summer. 
They want to serve. They want to do things. They want to. They come even in our church here, our our college age. Gary asked us to pray for our young adult ministry, our college age. They serve. They work. They they participate. They're not just here to watch. And, and Pastor Kevin trains these young people through our program. Part of the training is serving and ministering. This is bearing good fruit. This is what should happen. This is what we should see in our lives. There should be fruit. And we should grow, look what he says here, growing in the knowledge, growing in the knowledge of God. Do you know more about God today than you did a month ago? Do I, do I know, you know, the, the Bible term know, and this is another Hebraism, that, the reason why Paul uses this here, the, the word know in the Bible is it has it has more to do than just a head knowledge. You know, in the King James language, you know, it says that that Adam knew his wife Eve and she bore a son. And I told you before, that's not just a delicate way of talking about a sexual relationship. That is the word that's used there. Because in the Hebrew the word know implies relationship. That's what it implies. And throughout the Bible when the Bible talks about knowing and knowing God and knowing one another, it talks about our relationship and that we know God. We are known by God. And Paul says, listen, Colossians, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm pr Paul's in prison. Paul's in Rome. He's under, he's under arrest. He says, I want you to know. He writes this letter. He sends it to them and to the Laodiceans by Epaphras. And he says, I want you to know I'm praying for you and I'm praying that not only will you bear fruit and have good works that the people in Colossae and this pagan world around you will, there's something different about this community of Christians. And I'm also praying that you will come to continually know God better. And I, and I have to ask myself, am I continually, do I know more of God than I did a year ago? Have God, have God and I gotten closer? Gunny Olson took a book, I've told you before, I have a little red, worn out old book. It sits on my desk, and it's uh, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. And uh, I've mentioned before, this was our founding pastor, Lloyd Peterson's, his copy. And uh, when he died, his wife gave me some of his books. And she gave me, it's all rag, it was all rag, it was literally falling apart, and Gunny fixed it for me, and uh, glued it back together for me. Uh, it's all ragged and falling apart, it's marked in there. And uh, the, the thing that was special that when I got this book, it had a bookmark from his last day in the office. In the very office I sit in now, there's a, there's a bookmark, his last day in the office. He had a brain tumor and uh, had, to, and to lead, had to leave the ministry here. And I eventually ended up in a nursing home before he passed away. Thank you, the Lord. And that book, of, you know, it's just, that book is a famous book because it's, it's devotional thoughts. But it's deep thoughts. And, and there's so many thoughts in there that really it kind of keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Oswald Chambers never wrote a book. He gave talks to college students in Egypt. And his wife transcribed them, and she actually wrote those down. That's where the book came from. He never wrote anything. But he talks so often about knowing God, knowing God, knowing God, knowing God. That's Paul's prayer. Is that our prayer? Is that your prayer for your children? For our teenagers, have any, have any of us prayed this week? We pray for protection. We pray for their health. Have we prayed that they would come to know God even more?
Are we praying that for one another? This is Paul's prayer. And then finally, that they'd be strengthened with God's power. It's only through God's power that these things can take place. Strengthened for what purpose? What's the purpose of this? Look at verse 11. Paul says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. That's a, that's the, the English here does not do justice to the, to the language. It, it's bigger. It's bigger. He's reaching for these superlatives, this, this big language. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Why? So you may have. And here's, here's where the, to know to do. This is what God is, this is what Paul wants for the Colossians. This is what God wants for me. This is what God wants for you. That you would have great endurance and patience and joy. And I know that in our NIV, the joy kind of goes with the next one. Because first of all, experience, endurance, and patience. Those are really not two separate ideas in the Greek language here. They're, they're, two, they're two words that mean the same thing. Now, you get the picture. And this is, this is probably one of our biggest struggles, right? As humans. At least for me, I'll, I'll be honest. Endurance and patience. Endurance and patience. To take the long view of things. To step back and, and look at the long view and the big picture. And to have patience with myself and with you and with others. To have patience with one another. Have patience with our spouses and our kids and our parents. To have patience. And to have that endurance and patience. This is the fruit of the Spirit that God is strengthening us. As we walk daily with Him, this should be growing in our lives. We should be more patient people than we were a year ago or five years ago. Is that true of you? Is that true of me? I don't ask anything of you. I don't ask of myself. You know me. Is that true of us? Are we more patient than we used to be? Are we more enduring than we used to be? Because we've been walking, walking, walking. There's more than a thousand mile walk. Walking with Christ. And walking with our Lord. Paul says, I, I pray you have this. Oops, let me go back here. I, I pray that you have joyfulness with thanks to the Father. There should be joy in our lives. Not, not always fun and happiness. Look over this congregation today, and we've walked through some deep valleys, some of you, and some, some still. Difficult times. Life is tough sometimes. And it's not always fun. It's not always happy. But the Bible uses the term joy. There should be joy in our lives. I, I should have joy in my life. I can be kind of stoic sometimes. I know that. Um, and and uh, and I'm not a real expressive person, you know. I I understand that. It's just we all have our own personality. I'm not always a real expressive person. But there should be joy in my life, right? I should I should be smiling once in a while, happy, you know. I mean, it should reflect what's inside of me. There should be joy in some of these simple things in life. And taking that walk up through Greenwood and Finney Ridge. Rather than getting upset about what's going on in the community and some of the decisions that's being made and this and that, which I can complain about, that's my wife, you know, the people closest to us know what's best, right? There should be some joy in my life. That, Jean Berg, what is she talking Jean writes at church with us, and she was telling us that she was, excuse me, Dr. Carlson, but she was going to the dentist this week, and she says, you know, I don't look forward to going to the dentist. I, I'm sorry, I, what is it about, you know, the dentists are nice people. Uh, I got a great dentist. Um, but you don't go just hang out there, right? I mean, so she's going to the dentist, and she wasn't looking forward to it. 
And what is it? Some guy was walked by her. She walked by him. What, what did he say? Yeah, she walked by. This guy walked by her. And Big Spawn says, Jesus is coming. And she and Jesus, I, I turned around and looked at him. I said, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Jesus is coming. He just out of the clear blue. He didn't know Jean. He didn't know she was a believer. Jesus is coming. And I kind of took her back and she says, you're right. And she went with joy in her heart to the dentist, right? <laughs> and got a good report. And uh, Jesus is coming. It's joy in our lives. It's okay once in a while. You know, it's okay once in a while to say hallelujah. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Joy in our lives. Listen, friends, this walk is possible only through God's power. And it results in endurance, patience, and joyfulness. This should be part of our lives. I know life is, I know, we all know life is life. I'm not, I'm not saying that you always, you're always going to be happy and having fun. But we can't have a deep joy. That should be part of our lives. And it comes from walking with God. Walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Where do you begin this walk? You know the old Chinese proverb, right? A walk, of, of, a journey of a thousand miles begins with what? First step. First step. That's true. We go take our walk up to Finney Ridge. It starts with one step going down our steps from our house to 546 North 79th Street. Starts with one step. That's oftentimes the hardest step, isn't it? Especially when you don't feel like going that day. You, you really just better do something different. But you know, I really need to get out and walk. And it's that first step. And then you take the second, third, fourth, and pretty soon you're, you're, you're glad you did it. Okay? The first step. The first step in this walk. What is it? You want to have endurance. You want to have patience. You want to have joyfulness. What's the first step? Well, this applies to everybody here today. If you're here today and you have to honestly say, I, I've never begun this journey with Christ. You know, some of you have to be honest. We're glad you're here. I'd rather have you here than anywhere today. And maybe you've, you've, maybe you've been coming for a while. But um, you have to honestly say, you know, I, I still have not taken that first step. That first step. What is the first step? The first step, listen friends, this, we're going to close with this. This is a powerful, powerful verse of Scripture. Powerful verse of Scripture. Verse 13. Well, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That's a, that's a, those are good words, right? Those are good words. Look what it says here. And this is, this is where the first step begins. Colossians 1.14 For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness for sins. I've underlined three, I've underlined three words up here. I think these are important words. He rescued us. He redeemed us. And He's forgiven us. These are all what we call aorist tense. These all took place in the past. It took place in the past. You know what that means? That means that right now, standing right here in Shoreline, sitting right here in Shoreline, 
we have already been translated and changed into the kingdom of light. We're already there. You're already, you're already in God's kingdom. This is the big picture, not the Messianic kingdom on earth. That is to come still. Whether we'll be there or not, that's another discussion. We can talk to them. But we are in God's kingdom. Hallelujah is right. We are in God's kingdom now. You not, I like what Mike Shersted said on a cliff service the other day when he said, some of you have said, um, we're sorry for your loss. And he said, we, we didn't lose Cliff. <laughs> we didn't lose him. We know where he is. We're already there. We are already forgiven. Unbelievable. Really. Uh, um, Ted, earlier in your prayer, you prayed something along the lines of the, the cross of Christ and how that the scandalous cross and yet how we're sometimes short to how we are reluctant to really fully embrace this. We are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are already in God's kingdom of light. You have been redeemed. You have been rescued. And you have been forgiven. So friends, if you're here today and you would like to begin that walk with Jesus, you have to take the first step. And the first step is it's clear in the Bible. There's one place where it's so simple and so clear with a Philippian jailer in, in a night of, 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 a, of, of where he thought his life was going to end. <laughs> Paul says, don't kill yourself. It's okay. We're all here. Because he was a Roman jailer and his life was at stake for losing his prisoners. And, and he cries out. He comes and he falls and says, Paul, what must I do to be saved? And the answer was what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And in fact, your whole family, if they believe, will be... That was it. What must I do? You, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And friends, I encourage you today, as, as maybe unlogical as it may sound, because there's something you want to do, Christ did it for you. He died on the cross. He suffered God's punishment for your sin and mine. He rose from the dead. He offers you forgiveness for sins. He offers you to be rescued from the dominion of darkness. Friends, that's a big thought. I didn't write that. It's in the Bible. I'm just telling you what it says. The dominion, the power and authority of darkness. He has rescued you. He will rescue you. He will deliver you. He will redeem you. And He will forgive you of your sins. Imagine that. Forgiven of your sins. And friends, for those of you that know Christ the Savior, you're on that journey. We're on this journey together. It's a journey. It's a walk. I'll let you know when I get close to the I'll probably die before I get to a thousand miles on these shoes. Because I don't wear them every day. But they're going to wear down. They're supposed to wear down. They're not supposed to last forever. It's a walk. It's a journey. It's a process. Be a little patient with yourselves, with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with each other. It's a journey. We are walking this journey. But what a prayer. What a prayer that we would walk 
worthy of God, that we would be bearing fruit in good works, that we would grow in our knowledge of God. I appreciate Keith Kemper's been teaching, in the class he's been teaching, the first week talked about doctrine and theology are not bad words. <laughs> okay? We need to know. We need to know God. We need to know His Word so we can do His Word. That's why we teach it here at Berean Bible Church. We're on this journey, friends, that we can give thanks that we are already there, but we're still journeying. So let me close, let me close with this. We, we talked about Colossians, our theme. Courage in heart, united in love, knowing Christ. Today, I want you to be encouraged that we are learning endurance, patience, and joy. Next month, next year, the Lord still has us here. We should be more patient, more enduring, and more joyful. It's a walk. I want you to be encouraged in your heart. United in love. We are on this walk together. Aren't you glad you're not walking this by yourself? Thank you. Because sometimes on walks, what happens? We trip. We get behind. We get distracted. We get off course. Sometimes I don't make it to Starbucks. Sometimes I only get halfway there. And I have to come back. You know, this is the walk. And sometimes we just keep on walking and walking and walking. And we thought, wow, I went twice as far as I thought I was going today. We're doing this together. That's why we're together, to help each other on this walk. And finally, friends, we are growing in our knowledge of Christ as we come to know His will for our walk by spending time together, spending time in God's Word, worshiping together, serving together, we are growing in our knowledge of Christ. Colossians, encouraged in heart, united in love, and knowing Christ. Amen? Amen? I always like looking at the publisher notes on those songs at the very bottom. Hey Ruth music. Hey Ruth publishers. Book of Ruth. I think it's probably maybe what it's talking about. The Book of Ruth. And you think of that story of someone who went with her mother-in-law and went and served the Lord and became part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our sweet, sweet song. We're going to close in prayer, but as I do so, uh, hey, Pastor Kevin, I don't know if you're available. If anybody would like to come down, if there's anything on your heart today, you would like, just like to pray with the pastor about, if you would like to take that first step and receive Christ as Savior, if you have questions, you want to pray with somebody, could you, could you just be available, Pastor Kevin? Just come on down front. We have a prayer room back over here. Any given Sunday, we'd love to do that and just pray with you. He'll be available. Um, you can call us during the week. Uh, we'd love to pray with you and speak with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, your love, your kindness, your compassion. We have sung today about our thanks that we can call you Father, that you are a sweet song. 10,000 reasons to sing your glorious name. Uh, Lord, we, we are just a thankful people, even when we don't act that way even when we don't um, walk that way each day, it's good to be here today. It's good to share this walk with these brothers and sisters. And Lord, it's good to be reminded. And uh, we just want to thank you today. Why you've forgiven us. Why you've saved us. Why you've already placed us 
in your kingdom of light and rescued us from the, the rule of darkness and that we have the hope of spending all eternity in serving you. Uh, Lord, we have so many reasons to be thankful today, to have joy in our hearts, and may our lives and may the life of this church bear fruit for you, and may others see and be drawn to your love, your mercy, and your grace. We love you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you. In Christ our Savior's name we pray. Amen.